What Else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. One-on-one conversations with some of your favorite artists. Find this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker.com. What Else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Welcome back, film fans, to a brand new episode of Quality Check Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel Posey, and joining me to the left, don't take that pill, No, it's Drew Douglas. How are you doing today? I just spit out my pill. It was an erection pill, though. Well, I mean, it could could end up being worse. Does that count as a power pill? Yeah, I would assume so, but it'll end up lasting longer than five minutes. Yeah. Hopefully. I don't know how that works. Less than four hours. That's the goal. But that would that's that would be scary. Like anytime you end up hearing on those commercials, like if lasting longer than four hours, like I, mean, I would I, be worried about that. I think that's if you use and abuse those pills. <laughs> yeah, I, I would be so nervous. Well, film fans, thank you for joining us. Notice how I said film fans at the very beginning because we're back in the realm of movies. Does it feel good to be wading back in those waters? No. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's getting, um, I mean, I want to see Tenet. It's no getting No Time close. to Die, Candyman. Mm-hmm. Nothing what? Against Project Power, which was my number one pop culture pick for August. I can't, I can't wait to ask you if it lived up to it whenever we start getting into that. Which, by the way, as you said, Drew, we will be covering Project Power, the brand new Netflix film. And it was your pick. It did not make my list for the month of August, but I'm excited to get into it. Before we dive into it, just a few things off the top. We are getting closer and closer to theaters opening up, at least where we are. Actually, this Friday here where we live, the theaters, all of them will be reopened. Will you be going this weekend? No, but I will say on our last podcast, we prayed to the movie gods. (laughs) And within days, reopening plans started coming out. Mm-hmm. So it's not everywhere, but it's here, and I think that's all that matters. At the, least the movie guys listen to us. At least it's here. What's the first movie that you will go see in theaters? Unhinged looks like so much fun, but as we were saying before recording, I want to see that at a drive-in. That's like such a great movie to see while you it's are... A, yeah. Like you, in a car. Yeah, you leave and you're in your car and you're like, is someone, possibly the person parked next to me, going to end up pulling a Russell Crowe? Tagline, he could happen to you. <laughs> it's it, such a missed opportunity that our drive-in theater isn't showing that. Man, I just love that. It just looks so over the top and ridiculous. It's this generation's falling down and I can't wait. And it all takes place in a car. So are you tempted to see that? Because honestly, I'm ah. seeing movies on our uh, theater apps mm-hmm. and I had no plans on doing it, but I'm tempted to just because we haven't been to the movies in, since March. I am 100% tempted to, but what is the ultimate linchpin and me deciding will be how crowded that theater or auditorium will be. That's my determining factor. If I'm able to look at the app and see not many people are in the theater, I'll go. But you pulled up the app to one of the theaters, and we were looking at Unhinged. You say that's Friday at 5? It was mm-hmm. a Friday night? And that's like almost sold out already, at least with the seating capacity that they have which right now. Which is 30%, which isn't a lot. 
Not a lot, but it only takes one sicko to get you sick. Oh, as soon as the first person sneezes or coughs without their mask on, <laughs> the entire theater is just going to vacate. It's going to be like the new version of someone yelling, there's a fire. <laughs> I will never, I mean, I'm not going to have food at the movies. Tenet will be my first one. Mm. I have to. I am willing to risk my life. Oh. I just won't eat anything. Would your parents be embarrassed if you died getting COVID while at the movies? Well, it's really weird because my family, my mom's birthday is coming up. And my sister is like, should we or should we not? And I'm like, eh. But what would you see? What are you taking mom to? That's just it. It's like the last showman. There is. She, I mean, my sister and mom do love that movie. But at the same time, I'm just like. There's nothing that's like, oh, let's get everyone together and watch the extended edition of Lord of the Rings. I just don't understand the appeal of seeing something in theaters that I've already seen. Or that you've got on Blu-ray. That I, or that I own. Yeah. Or I can watch on Disney+. Plus. I will say one of the classics they're bringing back, and it would be a lot of fun to watch on the big screen, it's Beverly Hills Cop. But I've got that Blu-ray, and it's like, I can watch that anytime. I love that movie. But there's kind of that nostalgia factor, but more than that is that safety factor. That's playing in my mind, and I just, I'm keeping that kind of ingrained there. And I feel like we just can't let our guards down. I will have to see, I really want to see Tenet. Tenet's the first big one. And if I see Unhinged at home, no big deal. Like everything that's coming out, up, like New Mutants, I'd like to see. But like, Oh, man, that's going to be a tank fest. I'm excited to see it. Just because of Josh Boone. Now, with Candyman, is mm. that something you have to see in theaters? I would like to see that in theaters, but I would 100% be okay watching that at home. I would Open. too, but I would go to see that in theaters. Yeah. Well, and you sent me, I, at work, The uh, you text me, it was a magazine cover of Candyman. And that looks really awesome. We're starting to kind of see what he looks like. I think when I go, I'm going to bring... Just like a huge, <laughs> like, I don't know, like a basket of bees. I'm just going <laughs> to let them loose. And I, if anybody says anything, I'm going to be like, do you know what this is? I thought you were going to say you were going to buy like this kettle corn and take it and start eating it there. What if I brought a hook hand and I oh. went nuts? Well, I kind of feel like doing a Dan Aykroyd from Trading Places and put like a steak in my beard. Never seen Trading Places. What? Eddie Murphy is so awesome in that. And that was like the one movie I can remember seeing as a kid, even though I probably shouldn't have seen that as a kid. Anyways, let's go ahead and jump into Project Power. Power, power, speak a little loud. If there was a pill. I'm money. I'm coming at the power. That could give you five minutes. So they get it. I'm embedded with the power. Pure power. I'm embedded with the power. Would you take it? You don't know who I am or what I'm about. But I'll do anything to find that source. Listen to my voice. Am I lying? Welcome to Project Power. Our goal is simple. The next evolution of the human species. You ever taken one of those before? It can make you strong. Make you invisible. You never know what your power is until you try it. You push that power, don't you? Yeah. 
On the streets, they're talking about superpowers, but they're not talking about how one hit could kill you. Project Power tells the story of a young girl, a New Orleans cop, and an army ranger who work together to track down the source of a pill that gives you five minutes of pure power. Quick question, yeah. would you take it? Because um, you don't know what power you've got the first time you take it. The first time you take it. I, but then they talk about how you could just like full on explode. Mm-hmm. You could catch on fire. You could freeze to death. <laughs> There are a lot of I mean, I would things. have to look up the ratio of people that survive and then die. That's a good if point. If it's only like 0.5%, then I would do it. If you could either take this or take the Heisenberg meth pill. Say my name. Like if that was condensed. <laughs> I feel my... like your chances of surviving Heisenberg's like pure pill is going to be a lot better than this. But I don't know. I'm curious about that ratio, too. No, I want to say something. I was going to bring this up later. You mentioned you don't know your power until you take the pill. Mm -hmm. Going into this movie, I thought the premise was you take a pill and you don't know what's going to happen. So it could be any power at any moment. Mm. So do you like that idea better or do you like that everyone has like a spirit animal? I kind of like the spirit animal because if you end up knowing your power and you stick to it, then... It's something that either you're more tempted to keep doing or not at all. But as we see, some people are addicts. And so that's kind of an interesting thing to see. But I, I mean, don't... we have people in this movie that one guy turns into like a giant, um, almost like troll. It, yeah, I consider it it's a like, troll. It's like, what is that? What animal is that? I have no idea. <laughs> it like started getting almost sci-fi fantasy and then... It never really goes back to that. I think they were really wanting this to be the prequel to Bright, the Will Smith, Joel Edgerton movie. God, it's David Ayer, man. <laughs> That's kind of what I was thinking with the whole troll thing, but eh, I don't know. After watching The Tax Collector, I'll say, Dave, I mean, it makes Bright look like a masterpiece. <laughs> I didn't hate Bright, though. I mean, I feel like we had fun with that. Fun. That was a fun movie. It wasn't great, but it was like, yeah, it was like I kind of thought about rewatching it after I'm, this movie. I'm tempted to rewatch it, not going to lie. On, on a chilly fall night, I think I'll put that on Netflix and I'll just end up watching that again. When I need my Joel Edgerton fix, I'll watch that. Now, this comes from the directors Henry Jost and Ariel Shulman, who are behind Paranormal Activity 3 and 4, and Nerve. Did you ever see Nerve by chance? No. Don't forget Catfish. And Catfish, Quite of course. the amazing documentary. The what got them up and going, that started their careers. Now, speaking of career starters, this is the first screenplay for Mattson Tomlin, who is collaborating on the Batman or did collaborate on that script with Matt Reeves. We'll be talking about that Ooh. more. We've got actors Joseph Gordon-Levitt. It's been a while, buddy. We've got Jamie Foxx and first-timer Dominic Fishback. The budget from what you were able to find, Drew, at $85 million. Now let's talk about our thoughts. The best thing, I'll go ahead and say... My favorite thing about this is knowing Tomlin wrote this script 
which got him into the Batman. And he ended up coming up with this more or less superhero script. I'm not going to say the script is the best thing. I just like the idea that Tomlin wrote this and it gets me excited for what will follow. That's he, what I'll say. He said he could not get a DC or Marvel movie made. So what do you do when you can't get something made? You write it yourself. You write your own property. That's a great idea. and It's a good idea. But this script overall, there are a lot of, I think, changes that need to ma- be made to make it a good script. Yeah, I didn't hate it, but it definitely came off very generic overall for the script. So are you in your bad territory already? I'm kind of segueing into Segway that. Segueing going. It. I'm going to let you talk about your favorite thing. I like the main trio. They're it's, good. It's really good to see Joseph Gordon-Levitt back. I like Jamie Foxx, and I thought um, Fishback did a good job as well. Who is the lead in this movie, by the way? I would say Fishback. You think so? But the way that it's... It's so interesting. That's where, like, I don't know if it's a bad thing, but... We don't really have, I feel like, a central character because when we first are introduced to the main trio, we have Fishback, who starts it off. And then we get JGL, and then finally Jamie Foxx is introduced last. But I'd say we focus on Jamie Foxx more than the other three. Like, we get more of his backstory, and we get to spend more time with his character, could we come up with a more generic backstory? That's yeah, I that's mean, kind of the problem. Night. Yeah, and that's just like I I don't hate it. That's that's where I'm saying like it is one of those situations that it is kind of a throwback action movie that you dump in January or February of movie releases. If this were to come to theaters with a slightly bigger budget. I I picked mm-hmm. this for my August Pickums number 1 cuz I needed something I could just turn my brain off and watch. And that's probably maybe the best thing I can say is it kept me entertained for two hours. I Yeah, I, I agree too. Now, what about the worst thing? I have to say that it just being very generic. It's a, I think that's my problem too. It's an interesting concept that they don't take advantage of. Mm-hmm. There's so many good ideas that you could come up with from this idea and they just, it's it's not there. Don't you feel like a lot was left unanswered too? Because, like, Courtney B. Vance is in this movie for two minutes. And I they feel like they hint that he's, like, this police commissioner, but he could be involved with the drug dealing. And yeah. they don't ever go back to it till the very end. There's, like, one line at the end mm-hmm. where Gordon Levitt is just like, yeah, I got some stuff I need to check out. <laughs> it's like, are you spinning this off into its own, like, franchise? Did a, It feels like a lot got cut out. Yeah. Like, there's probably 20 minutes of backstory. Yeah. I would agree. Although I'm not that upset about this movie clocking in, even though it's sitting at 153, an hour and 53 minutes, it's really an hour and 42 minutes or so. I really like that. It made the movie move along faster. But it does seem as if they cut quite a bit from this movie. I would have liked to have seen not necessarily it be longer, but just certain things tweaked so that it seemed less generic. Or just cut out like the Courtney B. Vance stuff. Well, like the bank robbery too is like a cool scene. But I kind of wonder if you're able to cut that down. Mm. That's a good introduction to the power though. 
Yeah. And it also establishes that JGL takes the stuff himself. Because mm. you gotta you need a way to even the playing odds, sure. I guess. Which I think is kind of a cool idea. What so his he just is like invincible. JGL is basically bulletproof, but it, he's also stronger. So that's where I was a little confused because you could tell that he was just throwing guys around and especially whenever he took it and Courtney B. Vance walked up, his captain, he's like, that's enough. You could tell that JGL was just going to like basically kill the guy <laughs> because he was just punching him nonstop. I, I think he's bulletproof plus super strong. So he's like Superman. That's that's such a great. I mean, everyone else has these w- turning invisible versus being bulletproof and super strong. Two great things talking about superheroes and involving JGL. I love there's a Batman and Robin reference, considering you know JGL's performance in The Dark Knight Rises, and then also the fact that we have Tomlin writing. The Batman. And I just thought that was a really cool hint, hint line, even though, I mean... I, mean, I doubt he even knew he was doing that at that point. Well, that's just it. But I still think that's pretty cool how it just worked out that way. Did you love Jamie Foxx in the uh, the Adopt t-shirt? How he, many freaking movies do we need where a character has to be sewn up in a freaking veterinarian <laughs> and then they're given animal pills as, as medication? I love We've that. We've seen that 14,000 times. It all started with Terminator, and it's just like they won't ever stop going back to that. Rise of the Machines, or was that done before? It was Rise of the Machines. That's the one that I can remember since Claire Danes, her character was uh, a vet. But that movie is awful. I need to I go I feel back. like we've seen this way too many times yeah. for that to even be in this movie. Now, one thing, too, talking about Jamie Foxx, I love like what he's able to bring to this. And there are some bad Jamie Foxx action movies I haven't seen, but I kind of want to see them after this. I do have one question for you. What do you think about JGL's southern accent? Does it work or not? I wrote that in here too. I said the first like 20, 25 minutes, I couldn't figure out what he was doing. (laughs) And then I feel like it fades away. But I was like, is he from Kentucky? I don't Mm. understand what you're like. What do you sound like? It was this weird Cajun accent. but Just speak normal. If you can't do the accent, which is very, very hard, by the way, it always sounds corny. Unless you're Matthew you can't do it unless you're like real, don't do it. But Matthew, that's clearly like Texas. Yeah. Louisiana, yeah. like that's his whole, you can't do that unless you're like from there. So don't even try. And that's tough. And that's, it's like in the first part of this, he's clearly doing that. I'm like, okay, it's a risk, but I'm with it. It's not good though. And, and then it, it stops. It. Yeah. It stops. They realized... Pretty early on, they're like, you need to stop doing that. Just speak like a normal human being. Oh, my gosh. That's that's just that's, makes me laugh so much. Do you have any other notes before we jump into questions? No. I mean, it is what it is. It, it kept me entertained. And that's sometimes not a bad thing, especially uh, during COVID-19. Exactly. And even if it was outside of the pandemic, this is kind of a fun movie. Like, I could see myself returning to it. So can we that, do a new segment, by the way? What's gonna that? Put you on the spot. It's gonna be what did you eat and drink while you watched whatever? Did you, did you have anything when you finally kind of sat down? Because I had well, red vines, I had some Coca Cola. Oh, good, that's good. And then I had some hot Cheetos. I was very tempted to have some hot Cheetos while watching this too. Get that Cajun in, you know that Cajun kick. 
since this takes place in New Orleans. I ended up eating a medium homemade pan from Domino's. Oh. Three toppings. Oh. Walkout deal will technically me about this. Eight bucks. Yeah. Eight dollars. Seven ninety nine. It was so good. So amazing. I that sounds like a did you have anything oh, to drink? And yeah, I forgot. I had um, also got wings. I only had like oh four gosh. wings. Yeah, it was honey barbecue wings. Okay. And then I had a wild cherry Pepsi. You love that wild cherry. I'm almost out. I'm still working on that case that last time we talked about it. So I'm almost there. You love that cherry Dr. Pepper too, Ooh, right? Give me that. But we're in a shortage right now. Yeah, that's a problem. That's a problem. Yeah. Now, question. Uh, speaking of hot Cheetos, we got the new Cheetos mac and cheese. Oh. We got the regular, there's jalapeno, and then there's hot Cheetos. Is it good? No. Oh, it's fine. Listen, I'm very picky on my mac and cheese. It's one of my favorite meals. I'm going to say it's a meal. It is a meal. It's good, yes. I like, if I get mac and cheese, I get Cracker Barrel. Oh, you, yeah. Or it's got to be Velveeta. You have to have the literal like cheese that you mm-hmm. like pour out of the pouch. It's like the thick cheese. Got to be thick. But with Cheetos, it's like the craft with the powder. Mm. It's not cheesy enough. Man. Now, what I'm thinking, though, is you take the powder of the hot Cheetos and you mix it with the Cracker Barrel mix. That would be good. That sounds really amazing. It's got a good kick like hot Cheetos. It honestly feels like you put hot Cheetos in a blender. Okay. And then powdered it down and put it on there. You know, speaking of that, I once tried that, but like a homemade concoction with Cheetos did not turn out so great. I love peanut butter and jelly. You heat it up, put hot Cheetos in the middle. It's called a little special Sammy. That's what I call it. Oh, my gosh. I made that for my wife the other day because she wasn't feeling well. I go, I got something for it. It's called the special Sammy. We should start a food podcast because there's not like any good ones around here. Oh. What do you think? (laughs) And we should, it'll be like hot ones. It's something like that, right? No. Or hot. No, we just talk about food that we're eating. Okay. Or we start a Patreon and we start charging people to listen to us talk about Ooh. food. <laughs> what do you think? I'm the cook. Well, speaking of questions, let's now dive into our questions. First and foremost, we've got six of these bad boys. Ooh. Number one, under normal circumstances, how much do you think this would have made at the weekend box office? I'm lowballing 27 mil. Okay. Opening. That's actually, that's not bad. $85 million budget. I, I don't know if it it makes that in the U.S. I don't yeah. know. I, mm. Th- this is under – so movies are coming out weekly. We're not dealing with no movies in sight. Right, right. Like Unhinged could come out this weekend and make 95 million bucks, but it's because people want to go to the movies. <laughs> yeah. I really hope Unhinged makes 95, by the way. But I'd hope they do like eight of those. <laughs> <laughs> 27 mil. I'm locking that in. Oh, my gosh. So for Project Power – uh, man, that's a good guess because I was going to say more like 15, and that's super mm, low. That's way too low. But then again, it makes me wonder, like, Nerve didn't do that great. But this has special effects. It's yeah. kind of comic booky. And you've also got JGL and Jamie Foxx, so that would drive it up. Oh, man, I I like your prediction, but I'm I'm going to lock in 15 million. I don't think it does great. I think it has, depending on the time of the year that they release it, like if it's comes if it comes out in like January, February around that time, I could see it working its way up to like sixty mil, seventy five mil, maybe. Like total. Total. I this is like a March movie. It's it's one of those that it's like right outside of winter going into spring, but 
At the same time, if they did drop it in January, February, it could end up making quite a bit. You know, if Sony had this, they would release it like smack dab in the middle of July. <laughs> yeah. And it would make $7 million. They go, we, what happened? Question number two. Did this make you miss going to the movies? Nope. Yeah, me neither. It's a good movie to watch at home. A good streaming movie. Number three. Get ready because this is a Tomlin question. Does this get you more excited or worried for the Batman? Uh, you know, with this whole, he co-wrote this with Matt Reeves. I think Matt Reeves is more heavily involved in the script than anything. I would assume so. Because it took forever for that movie to even get going because he was like, I need this to be right. Mm -hmm. And he had this all mapped out. So I don't think it affects it in any way. I'm intrigued by it. And, you know, a lot of these screenwriters, they always... They could do crap and then do really well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I think so much goes into making these movies and so many people have their hands in it that yeah. you never actually know how good somebody is in a, in a lot of ways. Yeah. And that's where, like, for example, you take a Netflix movie or show and if it's relatively hands-off or any other type of, like, independent production that you're able to do and you've got a really good idea for it, there you can end up showing like what you're all about, whether you're a writer, a director, all yeah, the above. When you're running for along a season of something. But if you're working with Sony. <laughs> I just feel like, I feel like though, to his credit, I feel like he's shown enough creativity, whether or not he took advantage of it. He shows enough in this to where I'd be like, oh, he, he has some ideas that I think would work well. That's where I stand. I'm not worried. I'm not more excited. I'm highly intrigued and entertain me. Hey, that's good news for the Batman. Now he's got this new movie coming out and it's like a virus. I don't know. Maybe not a virus, but people are for like whatever reason losing their memories. And it's this like couple doing what they can to not forget each other. Sounds kind of interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's almost like, it's like a, a sci-fi romance film okay. or something. It's like Eternal Sunshine mixed with Contagion. <laughs> if it's oh, man. a virus. That makes me more excited to see that, that's for sure. This marks the first big JGL movie since Snowden. Is it good to see him back? Love seeing him back. Even with he his little crappy accent. <laughs> I agree. I'll, I'll, I'd take crappy accent JGL over... No JGL period. Speaking of actors, which Jamie Foxx movie is better, this or Sleepless? Now you haven't seen Sleepless, so that's no, the problem. I can't. I can't answer that. I will tell you the trailer to this made me more excited to see this than the trailer to Sleepless because obviously I slept on that one. But after you saw this, you, you're like, I just want to see Jamie Foxx in like these like action movies. Yes, that's what Sleepless is. It's another movie that. An hour and 40 minutes, you entertained me. Okay. Would I rather, I don't know, which is better? <laughs> I would maybe lean sleepless. Okay. But I do like that this has JGL in it and Courtney B. Vance for a minute and a half. Yeah. How much, I, like, how much do you think he got paid? With this being Netflix and it's 85 million? They're like, they're like here's 20 million. Just come I, here. I, re <laughs> I really up. hope it's like, here's a million. And he's like, uh, I'm not going to question that. <laughs> they had to have cut a lot of his stuff out. <laughs> By the way, JGL, his next movie, The Trial of Chicago 7, Aaron Sorkin's new Aaron film Sorkin. for Netflix. That's all. So JGL's comeback, 7,500, mm -hmm. Project Power, The Trial of the Chicago 7, three streaming films out of the gate. That's for so your awesome. big comeback. It's not really a big comeback because this was intentional, his time off. But 
We're going to call it a big comeback. I have to say, just going off of you talking about the trial of the Chicago 7, it's there are so many big names in this. Like, so many. Eddie Redmayne, Alex Sharp, Sasha Baron Cohen, Jeremy Strong. Candyman himself, Yahya Abdul-Mateen II. Yes. Mm-hmm. Frank Langella, William Hurt, Michael Keaton. Man, that's Thomas like this. Middleditch. Yeah, the cast is incredible. Uh, I'm sure Netflix gave Sorkin literally like $800 million to make this movie. It's so good. October 16th. And I did not see the poster to this, but apparently it's been released now. And uh, this is the first time I'm seeing it. Love it. I just love how Netflix just drops things like this out of the bloom. So that was supposed to be a um, Spielberg movie way back in 07. Mm. Uh, Sorkin was writing it for Spielberg. And then the writer strike happened. And everything went down the toilet. I'll say I'm more excited to see Sorkin behind it than Spielberg. Now, the original idea was no-name actors. Mmm, okay. But I got to have some big names. I got to have Yaya. Man, it's... Candyman, baby. Right now, he's working his way up as one of my favorites. I'm slightly obsessed with him. Not even kidding. Sixth and final question that we've got. Would you rather watch Project Power or Paranormal Activity 3 and 4 back-to-back? You have to do both. Now, question. Why do I have to watch 3 and 4? I understand they did the movie, the Mm -hmm. directors. Right. Are those two movies connected? No. It's just because the directors ended up uh, working on both of those movies. and I'm going to say 3 and 4 because I haven't seen them. So I'd rather watch something new than than rewatch this. They were fun. Yeah, they were fun. I saw the first one and it was just okay. The I, I remember watching Paranormal Activity 3. It was not like scary or spooky, but I had fun with it. There were a lot of 80s references, and it also took place, I think, in the late 80s. All right, so final grade for Project Power. What would you give it? Um, on Letterboxd, I originally gave this three out of five. I dropped it down to two and a half. Oh, okay. I mean, two and a half is still something I like. It's just low end like. It's the list, the bottom of the bottom. Out of the Jamie Foxx bobbleheads, it'd be two and a half out of five. Yeah, and I think it's because replay value is just not super high for me. Mm. And then JGL's accent blows. <laughs> See, that bumps it up. I also five. think too, going back to like kind of what doesn't work. There's no real villain. Yeah. We have one, and then he's dispatched, and then we kind of have the the villain running everything, but she's just not... Yeah, I... Who cares? And then I was confused, like, what do you even want? When that Exactly. When that popped up, I'm like, hmm, all right, this is turning into um, a story, I won't give it away, but a story that was re- released recently by one of our favorite authors. I'll leave it at that. It's It seemed a little bit like that, Movie, kind of the direction they were going. The third, af- a third, the third act of a film... Should not end on a freaking boat. Unless it's Iron Man 3 or Lethal Weapon 2. Ooh, yeah, that's good. Or Die Hard with the Vengeance. That's true. But I mean, like, whatever this was. What are those? Yeah, yeah. The, the crater or the fr- freighter. Freighter, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The giant freighter boats. Jamie yeah. Foxx's, you like his power? What was it exactly? He was whatever the shrimp was that, like, expanded you- and just, how did he not decimate the freaking girl? I don't know. He kills everybody in sight, and she, like, <laughs> dodges it somehow. I don't. I, that I'm so confused by. But, yeah, he was, like, Aquaman. He just liquefied everyone. I literally just remember that he was trying to get his daughter back. 
that's how dumb that plot is. <laughs> I was like, oh, that was why he was on the freighter. Yeah, I... Um, I mean, it's squandered a great opportunity, a great idea, because it's mm-hmm. just so basic. Yeah, there, there could have been a lot. On Netflix, I ended up giving it, because I watched on my Apple TV, I gave it three out of five stars. I may, I may have done a three and a half. Now, this is hard. So on mine, it's either thumbs up or thumbs yeah. down. I like the stars. It gives you a better range of what you can say. But if you have to do thumbs up, thumbs down, mm-hmm. you're obviously doing thumbs up. I, I, yeah. I actually did that as well. With the movie itself, I, depending on what I end up watching, like if I pull it up, Netflix on my phone, then I'm able to give thumbs up, thumbs down. But on my Apple TV, one of the few where you can end up rating it that way out of the stars. So to stream or not to stream, you would say to stream. It's on the board. Yeah, give it no. a shot. Yeah, it's not bad. I, you know, I enjoyed it. It was a movie that I could see myself returning to. But what's interesting, I kind of want to return to Extraction more than this movie. Like after watching Netflix movies, I've also realized that because Extraction, I felt the same way. I'm like, man, that was a lot of fun. But then it's like pigging out on junk food. You do it and you're like, I kind of feel like not so great. And you just like the longer the time goes by, the less impactful the film feels. That's how this movie and then Extraction, what both of those felt like to me. And it had the same effect. I want to rewatch Bright. That's what I came away with was I think I want to watch that again. I kind of want to go back and return to some of these Netflix movies. Originals. And Bright would be on that list. Speaking of watching, what was the last thing you watched in our The Last Thing segment? Over the weekend, we watched for our two-month wedding anniversary, we thought it'd be fun to watch Father of the Bride. Well, and that's Alexi's, your wife's, one of her favorite movies or her fa- just straight-up favorite movie, right? She, It's not straight-up. It's one of them. She okay. cried like six times. Now, you got that for her as a gift last year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a gift. I got the... Uh, um, was it one and two? It was one and two. It was a, it was a package deal. And... She was seriously crying like five times, which I get. I mean, it's a lot of father-daughter stuff. It's a movie I like. It gets absurd. Like the last 15 minutes has some of the dumbest stuff. <laughs> like the cops are showing up and they're like, "You, there's too many cars here at the house. And then there's like five-minute gag of them moving cars. <laughs> I'm like, seriously, we ran out of ideas and this is what we're doing? I remember liking it. And I can't remember the second one, but I it's thought the ba- it's-, it's the baby one. Oh, right. It's, I mean, I like it. It's just when you have to plot and plan and execute a wedding during a pandemic, whatever George Banks is complaining about in this freaking movie, he can go straight to hell. Oh. I'm, I'm serious. That's great. I've also been rewatching Man Seeking Woman. What's that? It's a I- uh, Jay Baruchel show that he did for FX, FXX. It's from Simon Rich who did an American Pickle. Okay, okay, So yeah. it, was, it ran for three seasons, and it is one of the funniest shows ever. I never saw season three, so I'm, I started it again. Does it end on season three? I have no clue. Well, so what is it about? I don't... It's a man-seeking woman. <laughs> it's a very, like, surreal comedy um, that if... I don't know, you just need to watch it. Does Jay star in it? Yeah, he's, he's the main character. Okay. It is laugh-out-loud funny. And I I find things funny, but I I think I've said this before. I don't usually laugh out loud. I'm not audible when I'm enjoying stuff. And this, it was something the other night I was watching an episode that I was laughing so hard I had to 
like kind of be quiet so I didn't wake up <laughs> Lex while she slept next to me. That's now that's making me want to watch it. Would you do you feel that same way about watching certain Curb Your Enthusiasm episodes? Yes, that's laugh okay. out loud funny to me. Okay, because that's the same same way with me. If you say that about Curb, then I need to watch this. Even like Community, I don't laugh out loud with that one. There are things that I I will chuckle at, but th- these are like genuine laughs. Hmm. It just it, I, I don't know how to even describe. It. It's just very surreal, very funny. Now I have to try this. And it's speaking of JB, we've got him and his random acts of violence mm. coming to Shutter this week. Can't wait. I got a seven-day free trial, you just, so I'm going to pig out. There's a movie on there called Host. Yes, I saw it. it. You watched it? I did. Is it So is it really only like an hour long? It's 52 minutes or so. Yeah, that looks awesome. I for, I, I've been meaning to tell you, I ended up watching that, and I snuck that in because I was waiting on my girlfriend. Like, oh, I'll see if I can do it. Did it, and... I won't say it's awesome. I, I'm not. Just tell just, me if it's awesome. Yes, I loved it. Okay. It was a lot of fun. I cannot believe they made this in quarantine. They reference it. That's all I'll say. Really? Yeah. I got to watch this. I love that it's short. Yes. it's. It makes me wonder if we'll end up seeing more movies like this because it's not a short film and it's technically not a feature film. I wonder if we're going to start seeing a lot more movies like this on streaming platforms. I mean, I'm okay with it. I'm excited because this weekend it was pretty, it was warm, but there was moments we had the windows up and it was mm-hmm. like fall. And it got me thinking about watching nothing but scary movies. Friday the 13th. And I got excited because I'm like, I have to get Shutter so I can re, I, I got to finally watch Creep Show, the show. Oh, yeah. And then Random Acts of Violence, which is that film mm-hmm. coming out this Friday. Host is on there now. Uh, and they had something else on there that I need, another horror film that I needed to watch. Hulu has The Wretched. I need to watch that. I heard oh, it's spooky. Oh, yeah. Downloaded Relic, which is another horror film that came out recently. And The Rental. You saw The Rental. And The Rental, which we li- or I liked a lot. I want to watch. I would watch that again. I need to see that because that, there, there are a lot of really good horror movies that have come out recently, but Host is the most recent of them that I've seen. Love it. I can't wait. I'm glad you liked it. I did a 180 on my watches, and I, I, I thought... I started to spill the beans to you earlier today at work about what I ended up binging. You said you said Oceans is in Oceans 11. Yes. So I ended up for the first time watching Oceans 12 and 13. Did you love the second one? The second one is so different but yet follows in certain footsteps that it was like in the very beginning I was not expecting that. And it was so fun. Good. It was a lot. I will say this is this is crazy. Now would you say Oceans 12 is your favorite. Absolutely. Hands down, I think it's the best one. I will probably upset a lot of people. I may say Ocean's 13 is my favorite. Jeez. I like that one. I think it uh, is uh, something about, I rewatched these recently, and for some reason that one didn't work as well. About a three and a half for me. And I wonder if on a rewatch it will end up being... Like, it'll go down. The reason why I liked it is because it's the long con. They end up spending... It's not just like it happens in the matter of two weeks. They end up spending the entire... Like, the I don't know how long, but it's weeks. And they're planning this out. And they go to Mexico. And, like, all of this stuff is like... It's just... And some of these characters work really well. But so, is the third one the one where Casey Affleck and uh, what's-his-name go to Mexico and they Scott start Conn. the riot? Yes. Okay, that one's all... I thought that was in the second one. Yeah, that one's... 
That bit's funny. And That's they, a really funny bit. They liberate these workers. And they like don't want to go back to help because they're like <laughs> on this mission now. Yeah. And that's the, because Danny calls and he's like, you need to get this factory in control. And Scott Kahn is throwing a Molotov cocktail. And he's like, not until we get things right. And it's just like, it's so good. And like Casey and Scott Kahn have such good chemistry. All these guys are so freaking good. Who's your favorite? In my, Brad Pitt movie, is so changes. cool on all those. Yes. Brad- yeah, I would say it maybe changes too. Because they're. I think in that third one, Casey and Scott are really funny. Yeah. I will. I honestly, this is crazy. I really think Carl Reiner may be my favorite in the first one, Ocean's Eleven. But Brad Pitt is just so cool. It's like a toss-up between him and Brad Pitt. Number two, I actually have, once again, Brad Pitt is is really close in that. I do love me some Catherine Zeta-Jones, even though she's not part of the crew. And I love seeing her. But maybe George Clooney in the second one. Matt Damon's really good in the second one, though. He's funny. I had to go Matt Damon in the third one because that... They give him a lot to do in the third. You could tell he was really big at the time. And I the, the bit with him and the cougar, like the lady was like that was getting me i don't i don't know why but it was just especially with his nose and he tries to drink Drink from the champagne glass you know you know who's (laughs) sneaky good in that is andy garcia in the third one Mm. i i forgot that he was in that and i had no idea pacino was in the Uh, third one yeah i forgot i always forget pacino (laughs) pacino (laughs) i always forget pacino's in that third one he honestly are so good have you seen eight yes I Did thought it was like okay. It? Yeah, that I was th- not great. I, I, you know what kind of sucks is they don't have... I think somebody makes a cameo, but it's not anybody huge. Well, well, Danny does, but not in the way that you expect yeah. it. But it's... Yeah, I, I can't remember. I think someone else makes a cameo. It's... um For Sandra Bullock, her... Are you talking about... For her character? One of the original characters is back. Okay. I can't remember who. It's I know it's not Pitt. We, we, no, it's nobody. It's, it's none of the, like, the huge ones. Um... But I, I'd like to go back and rewatch 8 because when it first came, I'm like, this looks like a lot of fun. And I'm like, oh, man, it's like I want to love it, but I don't. <laughs> I feel like the reveal, the twist is just like so obvious too. And yeah. It's been a while though. I, 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 I own it because I have the uh, box set of it. Man, that, that was a lot of fun. I will say doing that watch, that binge was a blast. And like watching them sequentially made it even better. I love doing these binges. I did that with Friday the 13th and now Oceans. I'm looking for the next one. And they're shot so well, too. I love yes. the look of all those. I love the colors, the grain. Mm-hmm. Just They just, I don't know. I remember on, and this is completely random, but on Amazon, under the Blu-ray reviews, people were ripping it because they said the uh, the transfer looks awful. It's like that, it was just like, that's, the look is intentional. Everything about that film. Now, the so the third film is it looks different as if they used different cameras for it and it becomes like a more it slow progress slowly progresses into like this heavy digital yeah i want i don't know how he shot the first two but i will say the in terms of the shots it's so amazing the way soderbergh shoots it or you know directs it rather and the way it is shot it just man it it that gets me excited the way it's put together to talk about movies. But anyways, I'm not going to hijack this to talk about Soderbergh. So that was it? Those that was the three? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I did I did those three and then Project Power. But then technically, so it was like 
two days before, what is it, Friday night or something, I ended up doing host. I got to do it. So what's next? I'm going to say I got to... I have to do Perry Mason. Now that it's over, mm-hmm. I've heard so much good things about it. People literally call it one of the most beautiful shows they've ever watched. For real? That was IndieWire. Someone in IndieWire said that. Okay. And then I I would like to rewatch episode one of Lovecraft Country. I need to read the book. I have like 20 hours left in the stand, man. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, I mean, there was a part recently I had to stop. I was like, this is... Gross? Was it? Yeah, it's just like uh, everything, with everything happening, I needed something a little lighter and I had to stop. Listening. Oh, wow. Because it was just so grim. Now I need to see it. No, or the watch book. it, watch it, or book. read Maniac. it. Freaking read it. Yeah, I'm thinking so of the miniseries. So you've never read that? I've only watched the miniseries. Oh, you suck. Yeah. You really suck. And because Josh Boone from New Mutants is working on the new The Stand. You've mentioned him like 14 times today. Are you I'm a- getting paid. That's what I thought. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm I'm on the same page. You need to start and finish Perry Mason. Man, I'm I'm stoked for that. And then I don't know what else. What else? You know, getting ready for Tenet. Pray yeah. to the movie guys that this happens. Should we, should we end this by having a moment of silence for uh, getting Tenet on yeah. schedule again? Okay, well let's let's end this just for you, Chris Nolan and Tenet. <laughs>